0: Hello everyone and welcome to our feature discussion for episode 417 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And today we're going to be talking about Weatherfield at War.
1: Happy... VE Day, everybody! Yes, we record, we're, we're recording this
0: one on VE Day, isn't it? The seventy-fifth anniversary of VE Day. Very exciting stuff. A little bit different to how I think it was um, originally going to be celebrated, but never mind. And we're even Make releasing do this, mend. even releasing this a day early as well yep. as a special celebration. I don't know whether you're going to listen to it today or not. Or whether you're having your tell
1: you what it's up to you. you. might be having on. a barbecue.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be talking about um, Coronation Street's um, in World War Two today, which is. Um, required a lot of research and...
1: Well, perhaps um, also... Reading and a bit of a head scratcher because the show wasn't actually on. Yes. Coronation Street is already 5.
0: not real and we're going to be take we're going to be going even further into that. We're going to be doing the made up stuff about this made up program. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But we will include some real life discussion as well, of course, including what some of the actors were doing and some of their memoirs. We've
1: got all kinds of really World good good stuff to talk about well, today. I hope so. Michael worked really hard on researching this. We've we got um, a copy of the Coronation Street magazine that we've mentioned previously, a few months back, I guess, that I bought, which is from the 90s. And it's really handy because there happens to be a 50th um, anniversary VE Day celebration uh, series of articles. in there. Yeah, so we're Very reading that a little bit research. of those. We've
0: been having a look at some of the Darren Little books. And mm-hmm. um, Curipedia, of course, has come in handy, so I hope this is going to be... Bit of it interesting will be. um discussion and, and fact giving. So you. shall I
1: tell everybody a bit about Manchester during the war?
0: You can if you want to, so just to you know put it in context.
1: Well, as you all know, I am a southerner, Michael's a Midlander, so we don't have any family experience from from the north during the war, but um we were pretty much all in it together back in back in the day I think. Yes. Um my my grandparents were children during the war. My my um my nan. One of my nans lived in London and she was never evacuated, which is a pretty scary thought. And she said she used to stand on the sheds watching the dog fights and cheering on the Spitfires.
0: Mm. I, I I don't remember really ever talking to any of my grandparents about it. I think possibly my only grandparent who was older during the war was my mum's dad and he died in the 80s anyway. He, he was a conscientious objector during the war. Right. So Percy wouldn't winterman been very pleased with him. Not
1: very pleased,
0: <laughs> no. So, so I haven't got any stories or anything like that.
1: Well, that was my mum's mum and she had a, a sort of flock of many, many brothers and sisters. And my dad's mum was evacuated to a very posh family she lived with a single woman and her mother and they were allowed a car of war business <laughs> and so she thought she was she she landed on her feet because she also lived in a in a pretty run-down house with a series of brothers like you know you know both my nans had about five or six well more than that brothers and sisters I never <laughs> never know who they all are <laughs> but um so she got evacuated by herself and she was like Doled up and had nice dresses and when she came home her mum her mum was absolutely furious that she put on all these airs and graces took all her dresses burned them in the fire right in front of her face and said no more of that you're one of us now
0: that reminds me a little bit about what i was reading about um bt tatlock that's why i brought it up yeah because um albert tatlock who um was living at number one coronation street at the time apparently um, his daughter Betty, was sent off to the country, and she was. Um, yeah, she lived one. in quite a posh, uh, yeah. well-to-do kind of house, and then she came back a, a total snob, kind of looking down on everybody at Weatherfield. And uh, well, my nan and, never got and a and chance to the, be the a relationship snob. between Albert and Betty never recovered since. Anyway, I thought you, you thought you were going to no, say that. No, know, about... but I
1: just wanted to give it context and just explain, like our background, and and say that we don't ha- like you were you your family comes from Coventry, which is the place that was bombed to heck. We, I come from Southampton, which is where they used to make the Spitfires. So everybody in the UK has got stories about what their family was up to during the war. Mm.
0: Manchester um, was pretty badly hit as well. It was the 11th most raided place in Britain, apparently. Which I, I, don't, I don't know whether I thought it would have been higher or quite, quite, quite worse than that, because I kind of see Manchester as being you know, one of the... You know, the forget, at least in the top five major cities of the UK. I no, right but moment. don't
1: forget the range of the planes. you know. Like on the south coast, where my family was living there was there was it was easier to get to and also probably well they probably spent a lot of time worrying about being invaded mm, mm. so um there were so so they also uh, m- big cities across the UK were evacuated which is when children were taken from their parents and make, went to live in the countryside with families that took them in to protect them so that they they wouldn't get killed when they were Bombing raids. Can you imagine that happening now? 172,000 children and 23,000 adults because they were evacuated over three days, which is one of the UK's largest evacuations. It was yeah, so crazy. That, was, that was all from
0: Manchester. That was a lot of
1: those adults would have been teachers and things. Mm. They would have had to have moved as well. Mm. um So I think
0: that um, some young mothers could also go as well. I think, yeah, I think babies. That, yeah, things. yeah. I think there are a few stories we'll come to them later of some of the Coronation Street residents that were supposedly. Um, uh, evacuated with, with their young babies.
1: Um, the factories in Manchester were converted to make munitions and and armaments, and quite a lot of the women who were, who were on the street would have worked in those kind of factories, mm. wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. So they made aeroplanes and tanks. I yeah, yeah, think
0: like young Ina Sharples or whatever. Yeah. yeah a munitions worker. This
1: was at Trafford Park. Um, and the first air raid began in September 1940 and the, and the actual Manchester Blitz began on the 22nd of December. Yeah,
0: now the story year. behind that I read was that uh, that was, I think, a day after they uh, bombed Liverpool, the Nazis bombed Liverpool, so sort of quite close to Manchester. Um, and so it was at that point that the the Mancunians kind of thought, I, we, I think we're loins. next. Although I also read that a load of the fireworkers and so on went over to Liverpool to kind of help them out. So the next day. Firemen when and do you mean?
1: What's
0: firework? Yeah, firemen, sorry. Yeah. So the next day, when um, Manchester was hit, oh, everybody bummer. was over there. Oops. <laughs> so yeah, Manchester didn't say so well out of that. And um, buildings like the Free Trade Hall, the Royal Exchange Cathedral, Piccadilly Gardens, which all we know, yeah. all got hit.
1: They uh, they reckon six hundred eighty four people were killed, including two hundred fifteen in Salford.
0: Which is kind of the that's the closest that uh, we can get to Coronation Street or to Weatherfield, isn't it? It's a
1: yes, eight. That's where that's where, where Weatherfield, Weatherfield is, is based Salford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, eight thousand homes destroyed or yes. damaged um there was two there were two other major raids during the war in 1941 one destroyed the old Trafford stadium and the police headquarters and um in in the in Manchester there was an influx of jewish refugees as well to escape yeah i just put that down as an place that's interesting yes it everywhere. is um and if you go to see the set the corrie set you will see right next to it is the imperial war museum we
0: haven't been there, have we? We still haven't been. The number of it? times we've been to Manchester since we've been doing this podcast, we haven't actually gone to the Imperial War Museum. Although we have parked in that car park once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: think you're allowed to.
0: Well, now I've done all this research, oh, I'd be no, quite paid, interested to go we? and. We yeah, paid to, yes, so we it's did. okay. I'd, I'd be quite interested to go and see it. It's not all World War II stuff in there, I assume, but yeah, I thought it was quite interesting finding out a little bit about the context. That I assume when they had to create the history of. Coronation Street, what, what what they went on through the, during the war, they had to base it very much on this, so if, if it was December 1940, the Manchester Blitz happened and then there were the raids in 1941 yeah. um, or big raids and I imagine that that's what sort of tied into particular events in Coronation Street canon
1: Yeah, in, in Corrie Law
0: yeah. so, There was that, I'm trying to remember we went to the Portland Basin Museum in, um, is it Ashton Underline as well, but that was where um, the Richard okay. Hillman Canal was yeah. I'm sure there was some, um, like, home front World War ii bits in there as well, like houses made up how they would would have been in right. the 1940s. Do you I remember? Have
1: to say, no, I, I remember going. I don't remember war stuff. I just remember the home sets in the shops. Is that the same place? I remember yeah, yeah, to...
0: that's what I'm thinking. I think they were, like, World War II-era homes Oh, yeah, there.
1: I think there was rationing stuff, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. OK, well... <laughs>
0: Go and check it out, everybody. Yeah, in you
1: yeah. You when you're allowed. So in the show, obviously there was never an opportunity to talk about when it happened, but there has been mentions of VE Day previously, most notably in Coronation Street's 50th anniversary VE Day episode.
0: Yeah, which very handily was shown just a couple of months ago on ITV3. I don't think you were around or you were in the room when I was watching it, but um, yeah, I did get a chance to, to watch that, which was quite cool. And I had I me mean, Percy Sugden. in... Um, being the old, uh, the old war vet I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more about him later he was there sort of decorating as what, what he could from the street but it was Union Jack upside, we put outside our Union our, Jack we outside have just been put a Union Jack outside our house as well <sighs> um, there was a section where Phyllis Pierce Percy and Betty were reminiscing about their memories of VE Day Alf um, lit a bonfire on the Red Wreck um, and um, Jack Duckworth who was on holiday in Wales during the episode with Vera and and little Tommy, um, ends, up, ends up in a pub and he talks to a pub landlord about his memories of being evacuated to that particular place where they're on holiday oh, with his brother uh, Cliff. So that's, that's quite interesting. And it's one of these things that you couldn't quite do now, could you? I, I don't do you think to have current Coronation Street characters reminiscing about their time in world war ii there's nobody
1: left there's not
0: really very many people left i mean we've got um oh ken 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 was ken was was born in 1939 so i I can't i can't remember whether he said i'm sure he would have talked about it. i don't know what he said does he have any memories of world war ii so he would have been like six when it ended so even if he does it would have been very very vague
1: william roach is a bit young um yeah william roach himself would have remembered yeah he was remember yeah
0: he, he he was born in 1932 um, but you couldn't have Ken talking about it. I think the only character, really, that might that's still going, that might still have some memory of the war, is, is Rita, because she was born in uh, the early 30s or, or 1929 or, so, or or something around that point. So she'd have been um, a young girl or maybe a teenager while the war was going on. And also Emily as well. I think Emily was born in the late 1920s. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so she, if, if she were to come back, then maybe she could talk about it. I'm just kind of wondering about whether... It's a
1: bit late now, isn't it?
0: Well, it's not too late because I, I don't know honestly I don't know have they oh, okay. have they filmed a VE Day 75th anniversary episode for 2020 and obviously we're behind at the moment
1: oh interesting point
0: yeah because we they've just shown um, I think we're the week after Easter at the moment which would if they carry on at the current trajectory then it's going to be you know mid to late June kind of six seven weeks time when VE Day anything they filmed for it would have been filmed so I guess we'll find out then if we do, but it, it wouldn't work in the same way as the fiftieth, just because yeah the 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 lack of characters that would have had a, a living memory of it, which is it is sad, but that that's what's going to happen as as the years go on and, yeah, it, and it gets passed down into just a story that you know nobody ever personally went through and experienced.
1: I know, but you carry your memories of your family, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which so I suppose they could, if they were to do a seventy fifth coronation street or if they have done one then maybe um maybe they talk about parents or grandparents memories or something like that or maybe something with gary being is in his army past i don't know
1: the thing is this the whole point of this day is that you don't forget what happened Mm. and and you can remember something that you didn't go through and you can you can um mark that day can't you and you can remember other people's memories for them that's that's the
0: whole point. I think I would be surprised if they don't do something. And I on the, because I don't I don't like to look for spoilers or anything. They might have it, already it. said. I I don't know whether. No, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know why we we're speculating. No, I just wonder Can whether we... there,
0: there's something to, to look out for. I there, there. may be some court, or some sort of parade or memorial or something. Do you do you think? Um. Do you think that Weatherfield is due a war memorial?
1: Oh yeah, because that this is the crazy thing. You will go anywhere in the UK and you probably won't like if you're from the UK, they kind of don't, you don't even really notice them all the cenotaphs and memorials and things. They just kind of blend into the rest of the, Mm. the background. There's like, there's one just down the road from us for people in the West End who died. And there's, we also have the Tommy boy soldier silhouettes um, that people put out. And also um, when we were driving around the country, I can't remember when it was maybe earlier this year, Poppies everywhere. and in in some villages have a poppy, like small villages, and they'll have a poppy and each poppy had a name on it for all of the men who died during the war. And every single one was accounted for.
0: Yeah, so I just wonder whether they could have
1: something in Victoria Victoria Gardens.
0: Now they've got that Victoria Gardens set and I know that they've got the bench for the victims of the Manchester bombing, but and I don't we wouldn't want to take away from that but I just wonder whether they'll be thinking of doing anything like that or talk about having something put up on the Red Rec or something I don't don't know I guess we will see it is a
1: big part of the landscape of the country Mm. You know. I
0: don't know whether the other soaps have got anything
1: no, I don't Anything know.
0: like this. I don't know. Uh, going back to that, uh, that 50th anniversary VE Day episode of Coronation Street as well, it also uh, marked the first appearance of Billy Williams, who went on to marry Betty. And I remember the first time that I watched Coronation Street back in the 90s, I remember Billy and Betty being married, and it was only for a couple of years. But the story in the show was that Billy, on VE Day had gone around on the actual VE Day, had gone around doing a pub crawl around Weatherfield and he and his old army mates were um reenacting that particular pub crawl in nineteen ninety five and then he goes to the rovers, sees Betty, who um he first got reacquainted with on actual VE Day and there's been a nice like, little blossoming mean, romance. She
1: he got acquainted with her on V on V E Day. On actual VE Day he, he met, he met
0: Betty, yeah. And um, lost, they lost touch since. And then he, she's still there working. Well, she wasn't working at the Rovers back originally, but she's now working there. And yeah, it's just been a really nice little romance blossoming Aww. between them. And they've been, they've been stepping out together and going dancing and everything. And I think Billy has uh, has proposed to her it's where we're up to in 1995 at the moment. But she's been turning him down. But she'll change her mind eventually, I remember. Because so they, they're gone to get married in... um in October 95. Spoilers. But, but I know, that he dies in
1: 1997. Uh, so. Oh, my God, I just told you.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Too late. They
1: had a bit of a story like old um, Evelyn and what's her, boy Arthur, yeah. Yeah, Arthur the serial killer. <laughs> what? <where laughs> no, they that's sent just each, in your head. They sent each other letters that they never got got yes. delivered.
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's quite, it's quite sweet, but, um, yeah, it's just that they, they can't quite... Do that again if if they are. Of course,
1: they can. Stop saying they. Stop saying it. Well, prove me wrong, Coronation
0: Street. Prove me wrong, Um, because I I also was kind of having a look at. It would
1: be good just to say you you did mention this, but but the fact that we do have a veteran on the show, Gary, it would be really nice if we were reminded of that.
0: Because mm. they they were um they were quite sensitive when Gary became a soldier and I and I don't remember the exact circumstances but it was something related to Gail's dad Ted I think and he was in the uh, Rovers maybe with some of his old army mates and Gary was making cracks at them and then he kind of gets shamed into
1: joining the into army. joining the army yeah.
0: basically and and he's been um and although he's obviously not in the army anymore I think it, it turned into quite a yeah a sensitive He'll always be a veteran reference. Won't you? Yeah, so maybe they will have him doing something, and um, I don't know whether that would, uh, I don't know how Gary would react to you know the, with his current state of mind and um, how he feels about his actions in the I past year. I think this year. would
1: be a really, really interesting avenue to explore. I don't know. I don't think they will, but just to have Gary's thoughts about reflecting on his service and imagining Quinny. if he was if he had been alive in the in the 40s he would have gone to the, to he would have fought in the second world war mm. you know and and thinking about the honor and and the sort of the dignity of of that service and then thinking about where he is in his life now and perhaps thinking to himself am I shaming yeah. the legacy of I the- shouldn't
0: have dropped that roof on Rana's head
1: perhaps I shouldn't have murdered a man in the woods maybe
0: my captain wouldn't have given that the okay
1: because everybody everybody knows this, look, if you get told to do it, it's fine. <laughs> but if you're just, if you being a bit entrepreneurial about killing people, then that's murder.
0: <laughs> um, I also uh, found out a little bit about other characters that were born during the war. We said that Ken was born in 1939, but I mean, possibly. Uh, other character. you know, we've got a, a few older characters still remaining in Coronation Street. Audrey was born in 1940, so probably not having any memories there of the war same with norris he was also they might remember a big
1: party when they were five
0: possibly possibly i'm sure they could they could um tweak the street if uh, the, the script sorry if they wanted them to remember it but um yeah apart from that the only other characters who um were born during the war are either dead or moved on so we got people like um Linda Tanner, one of your favourites from the, from Linda the early days. Game, she know. was born in 1940. Jed Stone. Bette Gilroy was born in 1940. Now, there's something to bring back for the, for the uh, oh, 60th goodness. anniversary of Coronation Chief. Bette, remembering how In uh,
1: oh,
0: war. <laughs> how, yeah, being a little toddler in the war. We um, yeah, had Jerry Booth, Mike Baldwin, Reg, Dennis. Um, interesting fact that I found, um, you know, Val uh, Barlow, Ken's first wife, His second wife, Janet, was born two days after Val, (laughs) so that was quite handy for Ken. Imagine him like
1: going, uh, getting them mixed up, going, "I can't remember which one this is, which (laughs) birthday."
0: Uh, And then we had Reenie and Alma and Maureen as well, all being born. um,
1: Maureen was born in 1945,
0: so yeah. Now there's a story about her. We'll come back to her later as well because that was um, marked in Coronation Street in 1994. Um, on the 50th anniversary of D-Day, but yeah, we'll, we'll come to that later, like I said. Now, um, we've got, as Gemma pointed out earlier, we picked up a copy of the Coronation Street magazine. Have you got eBay or yeah. something? Uh, and it just so happened, we didn't plan this, but it's got some really lovely articles about V E day and, and some of the cast's memories of it. So we thought yeah. we'd share a few of, uh, of what we found there. Now, um, I'm having a look first at uh, Bill Waddington, and he's got like a whole... Who played... Who played Percy Sugden. Um, and he's got a whole page article about it with a picture of him when he was quite young. So that's quite. Oh, funny. it's
1: completely unrecognisable to me.
0: <laughs> and, um, he was, um, he was like, did, was doing a tour on the comedy circuits around that. I time. know this
1: is the thing. Quite a lot of the the actors who were adults during the war, like I think even Pat Phoenix, because I was reading her. Autobiography, as we mentioned previously, during the war they used to tour around and to entertain mm. the troops.
0: Although, actually, Bill Waddington was in the army first. I mean, in in 1995, um, he when the, when this magazine came out, he was booked to go on the QE2 for seven days oh. to talk about the end of the war. And he said that um, at the time of VE Day, he'd hurt his back, so he doesn't really remember VE Day. <laughs> he was in hospital and he, uh, he was invalided out of the army and, and, oh. and that was his end of the army. So it's like, oh, I almost made it to the end of the war without getting injured. Um, so it was more VJ Day that, that Bill remembers. And he was... Um, performing his comedy act at that point he was in aberdeen on the night of vj day and he said that he, he really he, it wasn't not going so well for him
1: oh, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> he said way. um it was pretty difficult for an english comic to make a name of themselves touring around scotland at the time because people didn't understand what you were saying
1: yeah because it wasn't like it was it was all like um Plummy accents on the on the TV, yeah. on oh, not the TV, on the, on the radio, and so people didn't have any exposure to regional accents.
0: No, so he said on the Friday night. Um, after dying on stage all week my act suddenly went down brilliantly <laughs> i couldn't understand what had happened and at the end of the evening i went back to my digs on a real high because it had been such a success <laughs> and then that's when his landlady meets up with him and says are you, you going down the docks tonight and she's he's like why? Well, why why do i do that and she says well see the fireworks the war is over and then he realized <laughs> that the reason why everybody was in such good spirits it was comedy out that night <laughs> is because they found out that the war was over and they were just <laughs> completely drunk and celebrating that that's so funny. um so yeah that but then the next night he bombed again. <laughs>
1: <time>. <laughs> Can you say that?
0: But at least he remembered. Uh, you know, <laughs> talking about bombs. No. Um, yeah. So at least he had a nice VJ day and he remembers that. Aww. And he, he said at the time, it seemed like the World War Two was a war to end all wars. But there's more fighting going on in the world now than ever before. It's a shame that people can't just get on together and tolerate each other. Wise words. Wise words mm-hmm. gone. Um, who else have we got? Betty Driver. Now she was, um, she was properly doing the the shows during the war. She yeah. was. Um, she says that I was in Paris. This is Betty Driver, who played Betty Turpin, Betty Williams, obviously. And uh, she says I was in Paris with Henry Hall's orchestra working on the Champs Elysees when, yeah. when V Day came along, and she's uh, her. Um, lasting memory is all the lights because it was so dark during world war yeah, ii and yeah, the blackouts right. and everything and she says it was marvelous because everyone opened their windows on with windows up put all their lights on magical because it had been such a dark time um he said she says i don't know if we came back from paris on ve day but it was that week and i couldn't believe how everything was twinkling so that's quite a, a, a nice special memory uh do you want to do this one this is this is jeff hinsliff who played um don brennan
1: well, he says he was only eight on VE Day, but he remembers it because there were bonfires in 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 Yorkshire. There's the custom of going out chumping on bonfire night, which is when you gather lots of little sticks up together and put them in the, your garden to make like a massive pile. Um, and so they did that for VE Day, but like on a massive scale. And he said, there was an enormous bonfire in the middle of the street and absolutely everyone, even my big brother, went out chumping. <laughs> and he was really um, happy because his dad was in the fire service and he had a hatchet and they were allowed to use the, the cool. dad's hatchets to cut down the trees. And, <laughs> and um, he says the fire went on for days and it was the biggest I had ever seen. I can still see it now.
0: Um, Phyllis Pierce was played by Jill Summers. Um, and she says she can't actually remember where she was on VU Day, but she would have been 34. She must have been totally pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> oh Jill Summers I'm sorry. How would you know? I do
1: not remember. I can't. I could really it's not like you wouldn't think this is historical. <laughs>
0: No, she said that she was, a, like, like Bill Waddington, she was also um, she was a comedienne during the war. Um, Perhaps so she, she just was, remembers... She was travelling all over the place. Maybe she just
1: that's remembers why. the feelings and, and thoughts that she had, not necessarily her geographical location.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she says, we made sure we enjoyed ourselves because there was always a possibility that you could have been killed the next day. This is not on VE Day, obviously, but during the war itself. That's what she remembers, sort of taking Tra- each transient
1: day... happiness. Yeah,
0: exactly. Taking each day as it comes, living each day as if it's your last... Um, but all the theaters were still staying open even while the bombing was going on in in London because it was a, you know, well, a bit of a distraction. Just... Well yeah, it's keep the um the horrors of war
1: keep the spirits up. Yeah, exactly. So Bill Bill Roach he was so he was born in 1932. So yes. he would how old would he've been in
0: 1945?
1: 13. Wow, so he yes, yeah, so that's a pretty good age mm. where you where you remember things. He was at school. And he said you went, they got.
0: Didn't he go off to a boarding school or something?
1: Uh, yeah, he was at boarding school, and they <laughs> they got given the day up, uh, the day off. Sorry, um, and so because there was still rationing, um, you couldn't you couldn't get sweets and things. Um, he, but I think that they all expected that to happen, you know, the little mm. kids, and then they like, oh, he's still got to have your Russian, but yeah.
0: When I read what Bill said, it kind of it the, the the fact that it was the end of the war didn't necessarily mean a whole lot to well, him. He's he just at remembers th- school. Yeah. He was kind
1: of cosseted away from uh, the violence and the horror. Of just remembers people.
0: getting his sweets and milkshakes. He
1: said we didn't have a party on VE Day, and I was away from home, so we just had a day off and went out and spent our money, pocket money, on milkshakes and stuff. VE Day seemed irrelevant in the real sense, but it was enjoyable as long okay. as you enjoyed it hey? <laughs> as long as you had a good time though.
0: Um, and then the last person that's in this article is Brian Molesley who played um, Alf, Alf Roberts um, he was like like Bill Roach he was 13 at the time and he remembers all the street parties and everything. He actually remembers that on Low <laughs> He Road. Le- he,
1: Le- he got a scholarship to Leeds College of Art. I don't know that, if that's where he lived.
0: I don't know. He says everybody got the tables out and there was just a general feeling of goodness. One of the great things about it was all the gas lights going on again. So that's similar to what Betty was remembering. Um, he says he, he describes it as an atmosphere as hysteria, but a rather subdued hysteria. I can imagine that. Mm. Um, because
1: they knew from, from going through the First World War... That it wasn't just going to go click your fingers. Everything's back to yeah, how the it world was is before fine the again. war started. It was going to be a period of mourning and, you know, um, sort of discover. You know,
0: yeah, exactly. and Struggles,
1: and, and they knew that they had more to overcome.
0: Yeah, but for, guess, for a little while they could, they, they, could, they could, Yeah, put all their troubles in an old kit bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why not?
0: Um, so that's that's what a
1: spare one. You might as well.
0: That was what was going on with some of the actors on VE Day. Um, but also in the magazine, there's a, there's a double page spread about um, what was supposedly going on in Weatherfield at the time. Right. So, just,
1: can it, we just need to say that the sources for what happened in Weatherfield during the war come from several different authors. Yeah, they? I mean, so it's
0: Maggie, most, uh, Ma- Maggie Sullivan um, his, is the most recent Coronation Street. Author, she's written um, three books, hasn't she? We'll, again, we'll talk a bit more about those later. But this article um, from 1995, it doesn't, it doesn't give a like, a, it doesn't say this information was taken from or whatever, or just the magazine. I, writer I think made da- up, Darren Little
1: was involved in in the. In the production of these magazines as well, and the various also, different, right? I think so. Yeah. So da-
0: Darren Little was the old Coronation Street archivist who now I mean he, he writes for his senders, uh, among other things. But
1: he also wrote. He also created backstories. Yes. For various characters, including some war things. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. There's there's lots of different people working fairly independently mm. on biographies of characters during the war
0: and they don't all they They don't don't necessarily um, all agree agree exactly but
1: but just so you know where the sources the sources are from yeah so in
0: 1995 what was the what was the kind of the canon of what happened on coronation street in the ve day
1: well they had a party of course they did annie walker decided to serve beer I, i guess i guess she decided to do this beer at pre-war prices mm. so that was that was something to celebrate even if the war wasn't over <laughs> um so we had albert's wife bessie was helping to butter the bread for sandwiches singing and we had elsie tanner who we know quite a lot about what happened with elsie i think that out of war. all
0: the characters from she's the, the only original lot she's the one that we know more about what she was going on with her in the war
1: yeah because she was a good time girl for the G- the, the, yeah, for the GIs. so and she often reminisces about how much she enjoyed the war which i really really liked that watching that because i think if you put that in a tv show now people might think it's a bit insensitive but some people should have a good time <laughs> and she's she liked the, she's always going on about how she liked the taste of american whiskey mm. she did like it so much that she married an american yes So anyway, uh, Elsie Tanner was um, hoisted to a tabletop by a group of American servicemen and uh, they they all sang, the Yanks are coming, and uh, Annie tried to just ignore it, apparently. Um, Unfortunately, on that day, in the corner shop, shopkeeper Tommy Foyle died of a heart attack during the party. I know, shocking. So that was was the
0: husband of Elsie Foyle, who... Well, no, Elsie, who was later known as Elsie Lappin. So we're yeah. on the first episode of Coronation Street, she we see Flory, yeah, to Flora Lindley. Flora Lindley. Yeah, so her, so her she, husband dies widowed. on VE Day, so that sucks.
1: That really does suck. <laughs> Number three, Ida Barlow. So that's um, Ken's mum, Ken's who disappeared and died. Um, she's waiting for Frank to come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did not like the war, apparently. <laughs> she, I mean, I don't think I would like it particularly. <laughs> she, she was nervous. She didn't like the bombs. And um, she she didn't really like raising the children. A lot of the
0: women were just worried about, you know, Am I going to see my husband again? Yeah.
1: Well, how, how am I going to see my husband again? Even
0: once the war is over, you don't know when your husband's going to be demobbed and and, yeah. and you'll be able to yeah see him and, again.
1: And how you know raising children by yourself, mm. and also having to perhaps take on a job. Yeah. Exactly. So they lit bonfires on the Red Rock and in the park. So that was what we were learning mm-hmm. from the actors earlier. And they have the street parties. They um put put the tables out in the the cobbles, and you've really covered that with um. i really covered
0: that with highlighter. Len Fairclough and Harry Hewitt. Oh, they they were. It's just talking about them um carrying the carrying the piano onto the street so Ina could have a bit of a sing song. The yeah. like, this, the story was that Len Fairclough had been in the navy with Bill Gregory and Alan Howard, who both turned out to be. Flames of, uh, of uh, Elsie Tanner weren't they? And, um, yeah, so they they have a nice pi- piano sing-song out on the street.
1: Yeah, so basically the pub was empty. Everyone was in the streets drinking, um, joining in the fun. Um, Albert Tatlock had been in the ARP. yeah mm-hmm. to take his helmet off for the last time. I don't think he enjoyed that. quite liked <laughs> being in charge of people. Um, Ida Barlow apparently burst into tears of tension as the bonfire start, was started by Billy Walker. And... And the heat from the bonfire cracked her front parlour window and she, it just made her, it's like she got PTSD. I think <laughs> now I'm being serious. Um, Ina Sharples is glaring at the fact that Elsie Tanner's got two GIs leaning out the front of her windows with a banner going "God bless Monty and the lads."
0: Ah, oh, no, this story this is this isn't even the full story of it because I I looked on the Darren Little's Around the Houses books I I think and um not only were they GIs uh, were leaning out of a bedroom window they were naked GIs out of a bedroom window <laughs> so she'd just been spending the morning having a threesome with these two Yanks.
1: That's awful. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> um, I don't um mm, so
0: oh so we got betty she was she betty she supposedly oh, right. took her first drink in the rovers on ve day as well so this is this is what we would, was tying into her meeting um okay Billy right. williams
1: yeah so she she worked in a munition factory according to this write-up and she was like jealous that um people were going to be reunited with their their lovers and husbands and things and she didn't have anybody. To um to get together with, except she had a brief romance in the early forties with a corporal named Ted Farrell, but he never answers her letters. So um, I think
0: he's the one that ends up. Um, he might be the one that ends up fathering, uh, Gordon. You oh,
1: know. okay. Well, no wonder right. she was trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> so while she's sitting there thinking about how glumly uh her life is gone, a bunch of lads from the RAF come in to get their Newton Ridley. Um, and amongst them is is be- is Billy Williams, and um, he was gonna be sent off to the war in the east and trying not to think about it, and he ends up seeing dear Betty. Mm. It was love at first sight, apparently. Um, so other things that happened with the Rovers Regulars, Alf Roberts, he had joined the Signal Corps, mm-hmm. and he was he spent VE night in Iran, apparently being looked after by NCO Frank Barlow. So they, they were together. Um, Alf lit the bonfire on the Red Wreck. Percy Sugden was in no, London. Alf lit the bonfire
0: on the Red Wreck in 1995, like I said oh, earlier. Oh, OK,
1: sorry. All right. Percy was um, in London during the anniversary, hmm. 50th anniversary, with the British Legion. Yeah, he I didn't get that
0: because I thought he was in the VE Day episode, but this says that he was in London, so I, I don't I think remember that. i got
1: a bit mistaken. <laughs> but he w- Percy wasn't in England
0: on VE Day. On
1: VE Day, he was in Libya because mm. he was a, a field cook, wasn't yes. he? Um, Philip, This is the mention that we have of Phyllis Pierce being a land girl. She remembers that, mm. which is what we were talking about. Maggie Sutherland's got an upcoming book about. Land girls, girls which of Col- May well Foundation be about this
0: Pierce or somebody completely different.
1: Um V day was a mixed occasion for Maud Grimes. The day brought Bombardier Wilfred Grimes back into her arms, and she watched it with tears in her eyes as he hugged four month old Maureen for the first time. But Maud mourned for Maureen's real father, her lovely Danny boy the Yank. Yes. Who had gone flitted off while Wilfred well, she had dallied had dalliances.
0: Indeed. Indeed, so that, that was featured in the uh, in the in the Battle of Britain um, of oh, the sorry the D-Day uh, episode from nineteen ninety four as well. D-Day episode, yeah. When they go to the um, oh yeah, they go yeah, to, the, to Normandy to look at the guys. We'll, we'll come back to that later. So that was supposedly what happened in Coronation Street.
1: Well, this was a According bit of a about a bit, didn't it? it yeah, really, the the article about... jumps back and forth between 1995 and
0: 1945. That's just why. A
1: bit different. Two different periods in time, completely, <laughs> one might argue.
0: You get an idea about what was going on. Um, and the, that was interesting to read because just last year, was it last year or was it early this year? I've lost track of all time now. That's when I read The Snow on the Cobbles book by Maggie Sullivan, which is her third Coronation Street wartime book and chapter six in that particular book covers VE Day. And despite the fact that there was already an established canon about what was going on in Coronation Street in VE Day, because this Mag-
1: magazine, this is official magazine, this
0: one, yeah, Mag- Maggie tears it up and does something completely different so apparently Ina Sharples in her um, version was still organising it Um, Ida was doing bunting Frank Barlow was there so in 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 the old version he's out with um, with Alf in uh, in in Libya yeah that was I he he was in Iran wasn't he yes he's but anyway he's in in Maggie's version he's there um he's in Iran Elsie um, and
1: Ida is beside herself with nervousness yes yeah
0: Elsie has got some pork pies from uh Bob the landlord of the um Weatherfield Pride I think it was which is the other pub that's featured probably in there probably
1: part of the pub crawl that um
0: could Bill well be
1: um,
0: apparently there are tables out with pork pies sandwiches um delicious flavors of corned beef spam paste and dripping
1: i know you're being sarcastic but apart from the paste bit which i never thought was a good description for food <laughs> i'd eat any of those right now
0: uh and they are a trifle as well oh, nice. and, the, and the main action that goes on during there is there's a massive um raid of children that just come tearing through the streets messing it all up stealing all the food uh billy walker um annie's son is uh leading the charge the charge exactly and, and Minnie Caldwell's best plates get smashed as I well I can't believe that it. it lasted
1: the whole war and then mm. they get smashed right at the end
0: in this version of the story Hilda's also there Hilda uh, Ogden
1: who doesn't live on the street until
0: no no she doesn't live on the street in in, in Maggie's version she's still living nearby um, nearby or Gastreet or something but she's friends with um with is it Lizzie I think the character that's made up by Maggie Sullivan for the book so that they're, they're visiting the rovers Um, And she's waiting for Stan to be allowed home from the war. So she's there. What what is similar in this version is that the piano gets carried out of the Rovers into the street and Ina has a play um, followed by um, Elsie, um, not Elsie Tanner, Elsie Foyle, who likes to say comes Elsie Lappin, and her husband doesn't die in this version. So we just said that Elsie in, in the... Original canon, Elsie's husband dies yeah. on VE Day. Uh, but here, she's busily singing away <laughs> at the piano. So I, I can only assume that in Maggie's universe, it's Maybe different. that's
1: what killed her, him. <laughs> she's really bad at singing.
0: Now, there's no mentions in this one of, of Len Fairclough, of Harry Hewitt, of Betty or anything like that. So it's up to you, whichever version you want to believe, I suppose. I think
1: you can just imagine everyone having a party and you're not going to be too far off, are you?
0: Yeah. Uh, Do does it does it um, does it bother you at all that a, a writer can come in and change the established history of the show, or does it not matter? Do you think?
1: Um, at the moment, it doesn't. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really annoy me because we know it. Because I I don't think of any of it as being particularly true or not. You know, mm. I think of it as, as almost as though historians are trying to. Trying to work out and they've all got different theories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> different interpre- yeah. historical interpretations of what well. The thing is, it's not changing what went on in the show because there was obviously no coronation street yeah, in 1945, exactly. but it but it is going against say what has been referenced in the show because it has been referenced in the show that Betty um and Billy met in the rovers. I know. And yet in this version of it. They're not know, even there.
1: I know the trouble is though, Coronation Street of, of recent times has been happy to retcon things.
0: A little bit.
1: So I think that I I've accepted that happens. Not accepted not accepted it in the case that <laughs> I I think it's good, or I I don't mind it, hmm. but more of the case of well that happens sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, even within the show itself, you have characters well, back in the the olden days whose whose histories get changed, like yeah, I, like exactly. Ivy, for example, yeah. was the, turned into a very different character.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I think if I was a producer, I would have to. Uh, one of the things that would be, really get a bee in my bonnet is stuff like this, and I would have to. I would really be a draconian controller of the canon of, of the history well, that, of Coronation Well, that's why when
0: Darren um, Little was the archivist, he was like the the oracle of all knowledge, wasn't he? Yeah, Through but Coronation he still Street. made
1: up his own things.
0: He made up his own things, but that, that was the version that was, was I know, stuck but, to.
1: Yeah, I know, but I know that caused problems, didn't it? Mm.
0: I suppose if you think about you know, Maggie Sullivan's job, she would have been commissioned to write these books and she didn't necessarily want to be constricted by oh, no. the canon that was already in place and well, it's, it's just being seen no, as an alternative saying, version of it. Yeah, so don't I'm not saying it's wrong I'm,
1: because it's obviously been sanctioned by ITV. Mm. Like Maggie Sullivan's books are all...
0: Yeah, they're they're all official. And I remember when I spoke to her last year, or I might have been one of the other times, and I asked her about canon, she said that she, some of her ideas that she wanted to put into the books... Well, all, all of the ideas she had to run past the higher-ups at Coronation Street and some of them they said... No, that wouldn't happen, or no, a character wouldn't have acted like that. But That's she obviously really was able to get some things past them when the higher ups at Corrie think, well, people don't really care about that. So I know, yeah, but I just on, wonder what on
1: earth I really I would have loved to have known what her ideas that didn't pass muster were. Yeah, I know. I, like, can you imagine she went in there and went, Right, so Elsie Tanner is in the nunnery taking <laughs> her vows. And they're like, Sorry, sorry, Maggie, can I stop you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're like the, the major coronation... The, oh, most of our listeners listen at the moment. Who cares what people say what happened in the war? It's it's, None of it's true. But it's our job to...
1: To report it. To report
0: it. Even and, if it and, didn't and happen. know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't necessarily... I, I feel that Coronation Street during World War II we know enough about it now. And we know that there's already some um, some books still to come from Maggie Sullivan. I, I don't feel that I need layer upon layer upon layer of versions of what happened in World War Two, and, and I'd rather what, that, that some of these novelists explore different parts of Nation Street's history. I
1: agree with you, but there is going... I, re- I really think that the nostalgia factor for World War II is unparalleled in this country mm. we, we when we think of the world world war ii we have this bizarre um rose tinted glasses like uh, blitz spirit like we really fetishize it in a way we think everything was better life was more simple because we know that in, in the end we won the war mm. and everything turned out okay yeah, but 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 the people that lived during that time would have been terrified. They wouldn't have known that they, you know, nobody was going gold. The wars, the war years were the best years of my life. Mm. There was rationing. There was suffering. You would have known people who were killed. You know, my I remember my my nan my nan who lived in Southampton who got before she got evacuated going in the air raid shelters and a family up the road didn't get into one and they all got blown up and she said she saw legs in trees. Mm. You know, horrific stories of things. And we're, you know, and we get to this era and we just imagine, you know, girls with bandanas on their heads and spades in their hands marching off to the allotments to grow onions and and making cakes out of powdered eggs. Mm. And as though that's fun. It's,
0: it's certainly ripe for storytelling, but it is ripe I, for
1: storytelling. But I'm saying I'm saying like and, and perhaps now people are getting a bit of perspective about even even the short amount of, of shortages that we've had. Like there's no eggs and there's no flour. People losing their minds. Imagine Mm. that going on for years. I just don't think people really...
0: Yeah. And I suppose when when Coronation Street first came on in 1960 as well, it was in fairly recent memory.
1: Yeah, of course it was. For a lot of the characters as well. They talk about it in the show.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's one thing that we picked up from watching the 60s and 70s They don't talk about it anymore. Not so much, but... It,
1: it, in the six, in the sixties, yeah, the, the, yeah, they, yeah, they talked about like, it loads. Yeah,
0: just happened almost. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I wonder, how, uh, of what we we learn about what the Coronation Street characters were doing, how much of it was created by Tony Warren? Because oh, yeah. we know that when he you yeah, know, put together his oh, idea cool. for Forestal Street, as it was back then. Yeah, he he had very detailed, detailed backstories yeah. of all these characters. And, and and he would
1: have thought about the war of being... The war was a pivotal point in people's lives.
0: Yeah, so we, we put a lot of it down them. to Darren Little, yeah. but I'd be interested to hear from Darren how much of it he didn't invent, and it came from yeah, Tony, Tony, Warren. Tony, Tony Warren's head, because I'm sure that they would have liaised when Darren was putting his ideas together. I'm sure he wasn't given completely free reign...
1: No, To to, to do
0: whatever he wanted. I guess what
1: people like about the war period is the feeling that everyone was cooperating for a greater purpose. And I think that a lot of people think that we don't have that now. Mm. Like we're Mm. all independent contractors doing our own thing and there's no sense of greater community spirit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a bit about um, what happened on Coronation Street on VE Day, but but Coronation Street has got a fairly... um, substantial account of what was happening up and down the street throughout the whole of the war basically because of these books that have been released and the, the first one as far as I can tell that was released um, that probably went into detail about Corrie and the war was Around the Houses which is Darren Little's book from 1997 and it's basically um, split up house by house starting from the rovers going all the way down to the shop and then a bit about the houses across the road what happened from when Coronation Street was built in, i going to say 1902, maybe, all the way up to then, 1997. So there's a section about World War II, which I was reading through and, and picking out some of this information from. That particular book, by the way... <laughs> I was so sad when I was a kid. Um, I got it as some kind of form prize or something. So my copy of the book has got a little sticker in the front that's signed by my head teacher from secondary Aww. school. So <laughs> with my name on it, saying it's Hugo my you know. my prize. I remember it to being able to choose whatever book I wanted. Bless
1: you. <laughs> and that was just when this this what book did came out. you do for it? I don't
0: remember. I honestly don't remember whether it was a whether it was a reading prize or whether it was exam oh, grades funny. or whatever.
1: <laughs> I just want to also point something out which might you might have thought if you didn't know about the origin of coronation street and that is the fact that you've got one side which is terrorist Mm. and they're all numbered oddly and really there should be terrorists the other side all numbered evenly Mm. yeah and if you didn't know about the history of coronation street you would probably assume that the other side of the street was just demolished and bombed in the war yeah which isn't but that true. never happened
0: no, I think um, I think that, according to the canon of this show, um, Maudsley Street so the street behind Coronation Street, maybe number ten maudsley Street was bombed, so there 's a couple of accounts um, in around the houses of how that affected some of the characters on there, but yeah, yeah Coronation street itself was was um, spared, although there have been stories since on the show about like uh, unexploded bombs being found, haven't they? Yeah, there? well, We that's watched an episode happens. that ended with Albert Tatlock digging yeah, up his true, yeah. uh, yard and finding a World War II bomb so they'd have to get evacuated, yeah. not evacuated, um, sheltered, moved, over, moved yeah. over to the community centre or something.
1: But, I mean, even even now, if you walk around streets in the UK, you'll see a plot where a house has got a massive garden for no reason or there's a missing house, mm. and that's because it was bombed in the war and it's just never been replaced.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so at, we, we I've got down here, and you, you've you had a read of this as well, Um, what was happening on each of the houses during the war. Are there any particular characters or houses that stood out to you as having
1: interesting story created? Well, I think it's just interesting created? just to go through the whole thing, honestly. Do you well, not want to do that? No, we can so go through that. So at the that. Rovers, you've got Annie, uh, and uh, we were talking before about women raising the children by themselves. So she's got Billy and Joan there, and she's struggling to look after Billy because he's a bit wild. Yeah, a bit
0: of a tear away.
1: And she has a cellarman called Ned Narkin. <laughs> Sounds like a character from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and he moves in with her. I don't know if that's inappropriate or not, but um, he's like a dog because he stops a burglar one evening from well, coming
0: she, in. She's been running the rovers with Jack for quite a while before this point, and then he gets you know enlisted and he has to go and serve the army. So Annie, during the war, has to look after the rovers by herself, and I think that really helped to mould her into the the strong, feisty landlady that we see in Coronation Street in the 60s and 70s. It is a bit
1: weird how Billy, her son, patronises her a little bit and thinks she can't cope when uh, Jack dies and she basically becomes the landlord, landlady by herself. Mm. It's like, I ran this during the war, kid, and I looked after you and you've been a little brat, so calm down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but this, this Ned Narkin, I think he was a bit of I can't remember whether it was a bit of a wrong one or not from, from what I read, but he, yeah, he stops a burglar one evening, so it's not all bad. Um, over at number one Coronation Street next door, we had Albert Tatlock living there. As we said earlier, he was an ARP warden, so part of his job was you know, checking that everyone had lights their lights out. switched out. He <laughs> gave out his gas masks, um, helped set up shelters for everybody. Um, Bessie, his wife, has BT evacuated. We said this earlier, and this is where she goes off to the posh house in the country somewhere and comes back as snob. And they, their relationship is never really the same. And I think, I think we see BT in 1961. I think we saw an episode on the DVD where she comes in and you can tell that there's not that, you know, loving father-daughter Just relationship. Imagine. Just imagine how so many family relationships were irreparably damaged
1: yeah, but also, because of
0: evacuation. Yeah, but also
1: imagine how tough it would have been to have been a working-class kid like beachy like my nan who got a taste of what it's like to be middle class Mm. and then coming back and having your relatives try and drag you back and also remember that 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 there was a lot less social mobility a class mobility in those days it Mm. would have been almost impossible for these for you to, to see that life and then make it your own going mm. from like my, my nan wanted to be a hairdresser and she wasn't allowed because she was the oldest girl and she had to look after all the babies. Yeah.
0: We got a taste, uh, another taste of that with May Hardman who lived at number 13, although this isn't during the war. Chris, Christine Hardman um, is is born not long before the war. And um, But the the story later on for May is that doesn't she, she... I think she marries somebody, goes to live in a posh house with him and then when he dies, she has to then come back to Coronation yeah. Street and she's, like, shamed to be returning to her yeah. to her roots and it ends up partly driving her insane. I mean, yeah. that's one of the, and well, I she think gets, she had a brain tumour. She had a brain tumour as well anyway. But, um, yeah, there, there were lots of... There, there, there was a, a certain number of deaths on Coronation Street, which I think was very appropriate to pick off characters... During the war, so it was realistic. So in, this May, book. In, in, in the book, yeah. So for example, May Hardman's sister Madge is killed in, in this in the Manchester Blitz in 1940, um, as is um, Ida's Ida Barlow's sister Marjorie. She's killed in a bombing raid there. Um, oh. oh, they're, they're living oh, yeah. at number three.
1: Yeah, and Ken is born under the kitchen table in 1939. I just I just really feel I w- always have felt women who were pregnant during or had b- babies during the war imagine not knowing having a baby and not knowing what the future was gonna like mm. are they going to be a victim of this war are mm. they gonna make it i yeah. just can't imagine how terrifying
0: yeah I, I also like the idea of kent literally being born on the street and yeah. considering that 60 years after the show started. He's still back again. He's he just can't his leave He's got umbilical
1: cord and hasn't been cut yet. Basically,
0: isn't he? He's got an, an invisible umbilical cord that stretches next door to number one, but that's <laughs> a little bit, that, that's it. Um, so he had his dad joining up to the 7th Cheshire's during the war um, and also um, his brother David was born in 1942 as well, which <laughs> I think he must have been conceived on one of uh, Frank's yes. brief uh, visits back home. Yeah, it
1: must have been. So number, f- number five, Ada Hayes, who's Esther's sister. She is a busy street school teacher and she goes off with the children when they get evacuated
0: yeah and um, yeah, they go off to uh yeah to, to Blackpool I think
1: Est- I don't, I've never understood why you would evacuate children to Blackpool but I guess it makes sense why didn't, didn't have illuminations back in the day <laughs> oh we better turn them off
0: yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone
1: thought of this yeah. um so yeah, Esther worked in the, as a town hall Clerk and her dad Sid, Sid was was killed in a raid.
0: Yeah, um, and we um, the Hewitson Hewitson number seven. Yeah, so uh, Harry, Alice Alice Hewitt was Harry's sister. She um, her wedding day is organised for the day that uh, Neville Chamberlain declares war. That's, that's so funny because it's like on Coronation Street I think now. They
1: said it
0: was funny on Coronation Street now. You have these coincidences of on the day of your wedding that has to also that's be true. the day that's that you know when so and comes, so dropped dead say, can or I just or point whatever. This
1: out? As far as wedding day mishaps go, nobody can quite top having war declared on your wedding day. That's,
0: that's true. I mean, it makes Judy Mallet dying on uh, the day of, I can't remember whose wedding that it was. I think it was when Ashley got even, married.
1: Even Rita getting stuck in the, the, the boot of a car doesn't talk <laughs> war breaking out in Europe on your, yeah, on your wedding Alice day. Alice wins
0: that one. Um, but it didn't, it didn't do too much to deter the celebrations because they ended up spending the wedding evening in the Rover's cellar um, where the party continued. Um, although I suppose <laughs> well, maybe they had to wait a little bit longer to, um, to consummate their marriage. But sadly nice, for Alice, Sam is later it. killed, when, um, which means that um, Harry Hewitt um, gets kind of G'd up to, to join the war because he initially doesn't sign up. Um, and their dad Thomas um, says is isn't very happy about this. And so he went once. Once Sam dies, he's like, "Harry, Harry, you better sign up and I don't think replace that's what your my, brother in law." My, my
1: response would have been,
0: <laughs> "But yeah, Thomas was an ARP warden with uh, with Albert as well." Now number nine, this is a this is an interesting one because of, of most of the. Um, the houses that we talk about, there are recognizable characters. So if you've watched Coronation Street from you know, back in the sixties or seventies or listened to us talking about them, you obviously know who Ken is, you know who Esther Hayes is, you know who the Hewitt's are, but the Todd family seem to me, and I, I think I'm right in saying this to have been completely invented just for these books. Um so the Darren like, Little book. Yeah, yeah. So that there, there are no there have now no and there have never been any Todd's in Coronation Street.
1: Before this.
0: Be- yeah, because there was like, like Gloria Todd later, but that's a different, just coincidence. So we had Jack uh, Todd joining Albert in digging up the red wreck to turn it into a massive vegetable patch. I thought it was quite funny. Um, they should have just gone to Victoria Gardens because you know, as we know, right it's been there, there all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he also. Um, takes up the slabs in his backyard to plant potatoes as well. So he was a bit green-fingered, was, uh, was Jack Todd. I don't
1: know that whether it was green-fingered, Michael, or just bare necessity. <laughs>
0: maybe um, we had another death in the family, Vi. I think I don't know whether this was a sister or a wife or something. She falls into the canal during the blackout and dies. Well,
1: wasn't, the, wasn't the Manchester pusher this it, time? It wasn't. Can't blame it on him. No,
0: no. Um, but um, in the most recent uh, Maggie Sullivan book, the, the Snow and the Cobbles, this is where... The, uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Doyle um, and her family live in number, in, nine. In, in number nine in Maggie Sullivan's version of the universe. So I kind of imagine when Maggie was creating her characters and she wanted a new character, where do I put have them live? There wasn't very much choice because I think they couldn't have... She couldn't have well, said, oh, she was living in number three because people would have been like, no, that's no. where the Barlows were and we know the Barlows couldn't have been number 11. So this Panos. this number nine it was quite convenient that...
1: It is weird, really. actually. Even though Tony there God, was a
0: canon family that lived there, that's the kind of fluid. You maybe it could be someone else. It
1: is very weird that when they first came up with Coronation Street, it was a bit too long. When when Tony Warren first came up with it, he he, the, and they had and that's why one of them got demolished because the street was too long, and they were like everyone every house has to be relevant and somebody has to live there is important. What the hell do we do with this house? We can't mm. we we can't have more than Thirty characters in the show—that would be ridiculous. <laughs> I can't remember though. But, the, but I'm that, sure that in that...
0: 1960, when Cory started, there was somebody living at number nine, but I can't remember who it was. But as no, you know, say, but they—they—but the they, when they,
1: the in the very early days when they did the credits, they used to pan across the street, and they would sometimes skip houses. Yeah. So and that's why I can't remember which number it was. It was
0: seven that got number demolished. seven. Gets yeah. demol-
1: and that was the Hewitts' old house, but. Yeah, I just have sort of always found yeah, it there a There were bit definitely funny. times
0: when nobody was living on a house in Coronation Street for you know, um, years I, at I'm, a time. I'm
1: almost sure that Tony Warren must have had an idea for, for that house, but, but knew it was pushing it to, to have too many... Because mm. there was only a, a small number of characters in the original cast, and they're twelve or something. Oh, it's
0: something like that. A yeah. low, very
1: low number. Yeah. Anyway, blah 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 blah. No,
0: number eleven is is, is the, the Tanner's house. house. Do you want to say a little bit about well, that?
1: Well, this is where we get the origins of, of um, why Elsie is a sing- was a single mum at the beginning of the show, even though she's got grandchildren. Arnold Tanner was married to Elsie, eighteen years old, and he dumps her to go off and join the navy
0: yeah he's he's um not portrayed in a very nice light he's a bit of a nasty piece of work he kind of got got married to her got her pregnant but couldn't wait to, to dump her and i think he like, slapped her around a little bit as well she's she's um featured in darren little books and maggie sullivan books there's there's something about elsie tanner that's just such a fascinating character i love
1: elsie people so just much. want to write
0: about her and so course. she's got the, the most detailed world war ii history
1: she gives birth to linda in annie's living room And she names her after Linda Darnell. Who's that?
0: A famous showbiz type back in the day. Oh, very fun.
1: I was born after a famous Gemma, but I will leave you to guess who that is. Dennis is born the following year, so I assume Arnold came back from time to time to indulge in his um, husbandly... Duties. Duties, yeah. yeah. Um, Now, you can't really blame Elsie for turning to the GIs for a bit of comfort and fun, (laughs) considering that she had two young children. She... Um, befriends them from the air force base. During befriend, the... what a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> like you might be bef- befriend a stray cat, <laughs> um, and and this includes Steve Tanner, no relation at that point, who um, they stopped seeing each other because they were worried that Arnold might find out about this.
0: Yeah, and uh, she, he was like a, a proper proper wartime sweetheart for her.
1: Now, um. There was a massive tension, wasn't there, in the UK in general about the American GIs coming over because we had our, our British troops who'd been fighting the war for a considerable amount of time. By the time the Americans joined in, yeah. they came over. They didn't have rationing; they had whatever they wanted. They were got fed better. They had all these gifts to give the women. Mm. And what was the what was the slogan over sex? Over something over I don't here? Know. Yes, it's famous. I can't remember it though. <laughs> So, um, she was, she was, it wasn't quite fraternising with the enemy, but it certainly was carrying on with, um, inappropriate, in, a, in an inappropriate way with our visitors. Yes,
0: which, um, didn't escape the attentions of Ina Sharples.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what I'm leading up to. Ina Sharples did not approve of all these shenanigans. Um She's a good
0: Christian woman. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just one time when, um, there's a funny story on, on this round the houses book where, um one time Ina ends up cornering a naked man who's who's running out of Elsie's house because the the police come over, the military police, because he's overstayed his leave, chase him out of Elsie's bed, he runs naked in the down the street and ends up getting cornered by Ina Sharfels. So just one of many um, incidents Hilarious between things. them. And I just and, and, found and Ina's I... also she she ends up writing to um Arnold, doesn't she, to tell him yeah. this 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 is what you're
1: But was it how was that? No, I don't know. There was the poison letter.
0: Yeah, I, don't I can't remember if that was the same thing or not. But... No, it wasn't the same thing. But who, who that he... was?
1: The poison letter was written by somebody oh, because yeah, Elsie right. had her husband. He Arnold came back in the sixties, and they were like um, going, "Oh, yeah. who's this man?" And it's like, "He's my husband." So mm.
0: I was getting confused because Ina, um, and and this isn't from the Around the Houses book. I think this was something else. She writes to Jack Walker because in in one version of the history, Annie Walker is. Um, is, is, is becomes smitten with the Bessie Street head teacher because she sees him as a bit of a bit of class All and right. so they start stepping out together in like the in 1944 oh I think uh, and even kissing apparently I can't
1: believe and it And
0: Ina gets wind of this and then she writes to Jack who comes home and uh I don't think he catches her at it or something Oh, no, the story is he comes <laughs> home and he's dressed as Father Christmas and then Annie calls him John, because she doesn't know who it is behind the beard. And that confirms that
1: she's been naughty naughty with this John. Anyway, I just looked it up. It's it's overpaid, oversexed and over here. Or some people say it was sexed overpaid overfed
0: yeah. and over here I've just, just had a look later on the notes Ina does write to Arnold he comes back in 1946 after having received letters from Ina about Elsie's carrying on oh, with the okay. GIs, and then he dumps her and then so so he comes back for a little bit and then that's the last she sees of him until right, so he af- after
1: the war he Ina was just found
0: basically out. busy writing letters and snitching on snitching, people throughout yeah. the war but, Only but, cause she's just jealous that she couldn't get any I know she
1: was she's now <laughs> So Elsie and Arnold don't get divorced until the show. Yeah, yeah. But but he, he sort of they're separated, and as far as she's concerned. She has got no dealings with him until he pitches back up and wants the only reason he wants a divorce in the show is because he wants to marry again, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Elsie's one of the other stories relating to Elsie during the war as well is that her childhood home gets bombed and she comes from a massive family, she's got like seven siblings, and um, and they're living in Gas Street as well, I think. And one, one day during the war, she goes there and the whole house has been obliterated. Oh so, oh my
1: god, so uh, all of her sort of family happened, died
0: basically, all, all her family died, so she's she's left there. Uh, on her own to, to do whatever she wants, really. But th- that,
1: oh, is that uh, uh, did you just reveal something sinister about your thoughts of your own family? <laughs> there? Yeah, her whole family died, so she could do whatever she wanted. You mean so she was traumatized and in, and grieving? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that, that was recounted <laughs> was in so um funny. in the first of Maggie Sullivan's books, and I think probably in the uh, the Coronation Street at War book from Darren Little in 1999 as well um we also had uh, we talked a bit about about the Hardmans at number 13 over in the shop um Elsie Foyle takes her daughter Sheila to Blackpool um because this is where in the, the this is where everyone was evacuated to back then but when no bombs fall on Weatherfield they come back so this was all to do with I think they, they call it the phony war so that once when war was declared in 1939 everybody panicked and started to think we're going to Sort of look out the bombs are going to be coming any minute now but but they weren't and it wasn't until 1940 that the blitz happened and lots of people who were evacuated to the countryside lots of the kids, they came back or their parents sent to get them back again because they thought oh, there, there aren't going to be any bombing raids and then sadly they were, they were caught up when the actual raids happened
1: yeah this is kind of like what we're seeing now isn't it, that like people are going oh it's all a load of rubbish, I haven't seen any evidence of things happening for my own self mm. so it's not real
0: yeah yeah um so they were back in coronation street for a lot of the war um tommy Foyle has a stroke and elsie has to look after him through the later parts of the war and as we said earlier he ends up dying on ve day in elsie's arms no less i think the story is that he sees the parties going on in the window and then falls back dramatically in her, oh, in her i just love how everything that's in these book is just as dramatic as what goes on i know in the i know <laughs> i know
1: but you just write a go yeah nothing of particular note happened <laughs>
0: um so um that that was from pretty much all from the around the houses book from 97 and then in 1999 darren little um, released the novel called coronation street at war i've not read this um but i did have a little look on on amazon and I um, managed to draw out a few points from uh, one of the reviewers called Craig Rowland. Rowland, and it, apparently that, that book starts on the day that war is declared. So that would be, I guess, with the Hewitts, um, with that wedding party there. Um, it, it, it includes Ken's birth, Dennis's birth. Um, we, we were introduced to Alf Roberts as a 16-year-old messenger boy. And it. But on the whole, I think it focuses a lot on Elsie Tanner and about... You know, all the the good times that she had, but also a lot of the uh, the brutal abuse that she suffered as well at uh, the hands of some of these men that she was inviting back. And probably um, Arnold Tanner as well. Also lots of sex scenes, which she can't get away with on Coronation Street. No. The book ends in 1943, though. um, So it was picked up the story in um, the next Coronation Street novel, which was called Coronation Street, The Way to Victory, not written by Darren Little. I'm really interested to know why it wasn't Darren Little. I don't know whether at that point he'd moved on from Coronation Street or what. But, yeah, Christine Green takes over um, and the book is released on the 2nd of October 2000, which was Gemma's birthday, her yeah, 18th, 18th birthday, birthday, no less. I don't know why you weren't why you didn't have this for your 18th oh, birthday. Yeah, I had Gemma. it
1: on my list, but instead I've <laughs> got a laptop
0: and a bouncy castle. Oh, OK, understandable then. Um, and I, and I, do, I think that book might be kind of the source of CoriPedia's information about Annie seeing this Bessie Street uh, school teacher during the war. Right, okay. I couldn't find a whole lot of information about uh, what went on in that. Um, but then in 2001, uh, the 17th of um, November, they released kind of a compendium of the two books together, Coronation Street, The War Years, it was called, um, and so if you want to read these, then that's probably the best way to do it. And and maybe one day I'll get round to it.
1: Well, apparently it's not a very good book.
0: Well, yeah, I, I found quite a funny review. Do you want to, do you want to read this I one out? This, this is by somebody called Fiona Allen, who was not too impressed on Amazon with, uh, with the book that she'd read.
1: She said, I'm not surprised to see 30 plus copies at 1p each. I am, however, surprised to see such high star ratings. I had the feeling that the writers went through the cast list and invented a backstory for each of them. Adultery, potential abort- abortion, mm. <laughs> black market activities, desertion, all of that. I'm of course in- you're going to do that. I'm entranced to know what the stuff Albert Tatlock dealt in disappeared from some council spreadsheet. Really? A spreadsheet in 1940? Impressive. I mean, I, I'm I assuming he's not,
0: not talking about losing something from Excel. I
1: don't think Fiona realises that spreadsheets, that the software is based on original <laughs> spreadsheets and documentation. Although
0: I paper. did have a little look. You know on um, on Google where you can type in words and see how frequently they've been used over the years and you can see a little graph. Of, yeah. Um, apparently spreadsheet really wasn't really used back then. So. What, the,
1: the term the spreadsheet? The term spreadsheet. But the, the concept yes. existed.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Dead, yeah
1: um and she says i'm curious to know the source of all the fish that the chippy seemed to have an exhaustive inexhaustible quantities given that the seas around britain were teeming with enemy shipping or that people were o- able to share turkeys with cranberry sauce no less now that i don't think that i don't think we had cranberry did we i don't know i thought it was an american thing well, the well, brought
0: it over.
1: yeah probably because i remember anyway um no less and mince pies apparently wartime restrictions weren't that severe again oh really <laughs> It's not a bad book in some ways. It did pass a few hours, but I'm so glad it was a charity shop purchase, and I wasn't rash enough to pay the cover price of twelve ninety nine. This only just makes three stars, though. It really deserves two at best.
0: I love how they she gave it three stars after the I love slating reading review.
1: Such negative, bitchy reviews of things, and then they give it three. Fantastic. <laughs> just well just done, don't, Fiona. Want, don't want
0: Coronation Street people to find it and then track her down.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think Fiona gave us a pretty good idea about what kind of stuff. Adul- adul- adultery and abortion. I, I don't it sounds just like modern Corey.
0: I think I probably wouldn't notice any of the uh, historical inaccuracies.
1: No, I'm not very good at picking those up. I,
0: I really do need to read these sometime. Um, yeah, so those were the kind of the original Coronation Street novels, and then um, then we got Christmas on Coronation Street, Mother's Day on Coronation Street, and Snow on the Cobbles, which have been Maggie Sullivan's one so far. Christmas on Coronation Street is very much focusing on Elsie Tanner and her life growing up with. Basically, looking after these younger siblings of hers with her mum, um, and then Mother's Day on Coronation Street is about um, what uh, Annie Walker gets up to during the war. Nothing about um, this uh, Ned Narkin or whatever his Ned name Narcan. was, or um,
1: Lord of the or, or, or going out with the
0: Bessie Street uh, head teacher. Um, and then then Snow on the Couples is more about an original character, Lizzie, but it also focuses on a wartime. Hilda Ogden which I did appreciate because I one of the one of the stories I like about um what the characters got up to during the war was Hilda and Stan's because the um the story is that Hilda trips over Stan in the middle of a blackout one time and although we don't see that scene in the Snow on the Couples book Um, Hilda does allude to it and basically stands drunk after winning the Dockers Arms pint drinking contest for the fifth year in a row so he's just passed out on the street she trips over him thinks he looks like Clark Gable and then they go off to an air raid shelter together six days after that they get married
1: I imagine because they got up to no good and they had to quickly make sure they got married before uh, it became obvious what they'd been getting Maybe, after. maybe. Well, that's usually why well, he's, people he's got ba- married. He's away. back in the
0: UK on leave and then he gets arrested by the military police for, for overstaying his <laughs> leave and then he's shipped off to the Sounds war. And like I think he, Stan, it? Uh, And I think he um he's in a POW camp at the end oh of the war. Oh, my
1: God. In, in
0: Italy, I think. Jeez. Um, we had also had uh, Ina Sharples um, being an air raid warden. Minnie Coldwell. Oh, this this is a good story. Well, so, Mar-
1: she went. Any e- Sharples was worked with Martha in. Yeah, munitions. Martha Longhurst.
0: Yeah. yeah, Minnie Coldwell. One of the stories that was created for her was that um she gets Linny's let Leonard Swindley to conduct an exorcism under her home when she hears noises in the night. Now it turns out. Oh, sorry, Gemma, it's not a ghost. It's a young German boy who'd moved to England just before the war and uh, he gets sent to an orphanage where he's really badly mistreated, escapes and then um, hides out in Minnie Caldwell's house and she ends up looking after him for a year and he goes to Germany after the war. Aww. That's quite a sweet story and I think it fits him very well with um, Minnie's caring, Oh, yeah, Minnie sort would take nature. you in, wouldn't she? Yeah. Um, I... She probably fed him from a from a bowl on the floor. <laughs>
1: he goes go, sunny Um I... I read through this um the other day and I I didn't actually finish reading the mini cold war entri- uh, entry mm. and assumed it was the ghost of a young german boy. <laughs> no,
0: it was an actual german boy. <laughs> I was
1: like yeah it makes sense. <laughs> she's, she's being haunted by a german.
0: Yeah. Um and then of course we've got Percy Sugden who was the the classic um archetype of a of a war veteran in the, you know the late 80s early 90s. I think
1: he's probably um the most iconic Corrie War Survivor, isn't he? Yes, and the well, one his he whole spoke about was it. going
0: on about the war.
1: Well, and this is this was a stereotype that no longer really exists in in old people no. now because they're all we've got new old people <laughs> who weren't in the war. But when we were kids, this was the stereotype: of what grandparents were war veterans. Yeah,
0: and some people once the war was over, they they carried on acting like soldiers, didn't they? Because that was what they knew, and they were so um drilled to you yeah know, follow the pretty, rules pretty and
1: comforting as well
0: yeah absolutely um but uh, so he was yeah in, in the show got always barking orders at people and um trying to organize things and uh everyone he was a bit of a figure of fun really
1: well yeah but people kind of had this uh, patronizing fondness didn't they yeah yeah, yeah.
0: The, the funny thing with percy is that um he wasn't a a Proper fighter because he was uh, he served in the Royal Army Catering Corps um, and driving a mobile canteen across the Western Desert. And I think one of his first episodes he says, When you've made gravy under shell fire, you can do anything. Yeah, so he was brought in, I'm um, gonna say, yeah, mid, mid mid to late 80s. I think um, there was, uh, and I've been watching just over the last few years the classic Coronation Streets um, episodes online um, on ITV3, which have stretched from 1989 currently 1995 so I've seen some of his stories and, and a lot of them are related to wartime things uh, one of them that was, I thought was really sweet was in 1992 when he decides to go to the Al- Alamein parade in Blackpool and he's tracked down by this bloke called Klaus Müller um, he, who comes to where's coron- he from? <laughs> I wonder he, um, he comes to Coronation Street looking for Percy and uh, Percy doesn't want anything to do with him. And he's very, very, obviously, anti, anti-German still. He's got that still embedded mm. in him from when he was fighting there. And he doesn't want anything to do with this guy. But then it transpires that, um, that Klaus was under Percy's control as a prisoner of war. And he's really kind and sweet. And he thanks Percy for his kindness, remembers how awesome he was at cooking. And... You
1: will never get anybody from Europe to say anything nice about English cooking. Well, so this was Muller a did. pretty good <laughs> compliment. And I say, if you think British people are bad at cooking, it's because you're bad at picking where to eat. Yeah. You are. There's um, loads of great food here.
0: So anyway, Percy gets to know him reluctantly over the course of an episode or two. And they end up missing the parade because they get drunk together and, <laughs> and singing. And there's a really, Aww. really nice end to the episode. You just you just see the, the transformation of Percy's... Um,
1: like standoffish.
0: Stand, yeah, exactly. And his, his, he has to rethink his, his values and, and beliefs and, and everything because actually this Klaus Muller is a nice chap. All you have Aww. to do is compliment him on his spotted dick. Um,
1: exactly. If and, and, yeah, only we the, could have got there before the war started <laughs> and the, given the Germans some spotted dick, the, maybe things would have been different. The
0: episode ends with just them singing drunkardly on the table at number three into the night. It was really, I can't really really imagine sweet.
1: they had any songs in common from war well i guess it
0: was just songs that maybe they sang in the prisoner of war camp i don't know um in 1993 um percy hears from um hears that his old army mate nobby clark has died um so then he gets to know his widow um olive and there's a there's again a really sweet kind of romance that seems to be blossoming between percy and olive but he proposes to her, which is kind of a big step for Percy because he was a very, very proud man and she turns him down. Um, and then a couple of months later, we get to find out that she's getting married to someone else and he doesn't want to go to this wedding, even though he's invited. But Emily is, because he's still...
1: Because this guy he's, that she's going to marry... Well, is no, it... he,
0: doesn't, he doesn't know this. Okay. Um, he, he, he's um, still miffed that she turned down his proposal and I think he's not kind of spreading the story that he... he proposed to her, but they go they go to the wedding in the end, and uh, as part of the wedding ceremony the vicar um, recalls um, that this bloke was a conscientious objector during the war, which is hilarious, ah! Percy's reaction to that is like, he clenches his fists because that's kind of the, Against
1: his values. Yeah,
0: absolutely, the, the symbol of a unpatriotic attitude. <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, but the, the best... but
1: you said earlier that your grandfather was a conscientious objector, yeah. but didn't he serve in the um I don't think so. I thought that he was he worked as a medic. I don't know. I thought your mum told me. I don't remember. Well, I think there's something incredibly brave about being a conscientious objector who goes to war mm. to clear up yeah. the mess that gets made by
0: Well, the, this 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 guy the that Olive ends up marrying, the, the the vicar is talking about how how brave he was to to stand up for his beliefs and not just go along with the crowd and signing up for the war because he believed that that's what God wanted him to do and all that. The, the best one that I've seen, and I was really looking forward to watching this, was the 1994 D-Day anniversary episode where Percy goes to Normandy with Maud, who he's engaged to at the time, Maud Grimes and Maureen. And and he doesn't
1: some, learn from his xenophobia against Germany. He's not. He
0: doesn't really trust the French either <laughs> while he's over there. But there's some just really calm sweet scenes of them looking along the graves together and it's very very Aww. respectfully done and Percy who's usually so um he, He's he reserved and doesn't like to display his emotions starts crying in front Aww. of the graves and everything so that was that was really really nicely done and it also led to the revelation between Maud and Maureen that the person who Maureen thinks is her dad actually isn't and Maud actually had it off with this uh Danny, like you mentioned, that right was my clumsy the explanation of, this.
1: of, of yeah, yeah, she, yeah, so,
0: so Maureen was the product of a, a brief wartime fling with an American soldier, and, and Maureen realises that her whole life has been a lie, kind oh, of thing, and no. that was also really, really, really well done. Both, both the actors who played her, well, Percy and Morden, and also uh, Sherry playing Maureen, did that very, very sensitively. It was lovely. But it did lead to poor Percy and Maud's engagement being called off as well, because oh. <laughs> he didn't like the idea that she'd, um, she'd, you know, betrayed Britain by having it
1: off with. An American. With, a, with an American, He doesn't yeah. like the French, he doesn't like the Germans, and he doesn't like the Americans. You can't yeah. win. You can, It doesn't matter what side you were on during the war. If you weren't British,
0: you'd... You're dead to him, yeah. basically. <laughs> well, if you want to find out um, more about Bill Waddington during the war, who played Percy, he released a book in 1994 called Percy's War, Bill Waddington, coron- Coronation Street Star, Army... World War II memoirs. That's a real mouthful, isn't it's it? It's
1: not a very good title.
0: Percy's War, Bill Waddington, Coronation Street, Star Army, WW2 memoirs. Yeah, released in 1994. It's probably
1: snappier when you it, see it on the front of it. It's probably the way they space it out makes more sense. Yeah. So I
0: think that that's about it. Our, our clumsily um, cobbled, together
1: <laughs> cobbled
0: together histoire of what happened on Coronation well, Street. And what the actors were getting up to as well I during that World that was War
1: Two. Really interesting. Well done, Michael, for putting that together.
0: That's all right. It was your idea. This was Gemma's idea. I was, we were going to do like a listener questions or something this week, <laughs> and then you said like a week like, and a half I ago. Think I, think I, that think that probably, <laughs> I think we should probably do day? something about the Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was
1: the day I was trying to buy bunting off the internet, and it was, uh, it there was came no you, it, was no it? there was no way to order it. So I was like, must do something for the <laughs> <Yeah>. war effort.
0: <laughs> and this, so, for so our our, uh, our commemoration of VE Day is releasing a special yeah special podcast all yeah. about Korean World War Two.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: I, I hope people found that interesting.
1: Does anyone have any war stories? Let us know <laughs> if more interesting well, yeah. for their family, or
0: if there's any other Why bits. You... If there's any bits that we've missed. Or about Coronation Street stories what, during
1: the yeah, war. Yeah.
0: Like be interested to hear. Um but yeah, I think we will leave it there. So thank you
1: for listening. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, you can find us at Coronation um, on Twitter at conversation conversation Uh email us at coronation cor, con, <laughs> Street. Conversation Street at
0: it. gmail.com. You can write us a review on iTunes. Please. You can find us on Spotify or on Instagram. And um, as I say, we'll hopefully being uh, um, we're going to be releasing this episode on V e Day itself later today on Friday. And the rest of episode four hundred and seventeen of the podcast will be released at its usual time on yeah. Saturday. Once we've had a chance to watch, watch the episode. Episode. And if
1: you're Fiona Allen, who reviewed Coronation Street: The War Years get in touch let us know if, if your thoughts have mellowed over time <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't want your copy anymore can you send it to us <laughs> yes please I,
0: I know it's only I know it's only one p but I mean well I'm, you know we're working on to a budget aren't we? <laughs> yeah likely right that's it thank you everybody for listening to our for now and the music for this episode came from podcast themes.com.